Welcome back. Seen it before. Danny. Da what? Dan. Dan. This is not how this is supposed to go. <laughs> Stupid things, oh, Dan. Man. Oh, man. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> okay, all right, fine. We're going to do this because this is the third time of us trying to get yeah. this intro to Wait, work. I'm not ready. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, we're seen it before, as Danny just said. Um, Did I, though? What? Did, did I say that we're seen it? I just said, hi, seen it before. Danny. Stupid things. Dan. <laughs> at least I don't have a big giant stain on my left leg right now. So uh, <laughs> I was at I was cleaning the house. The boy just, is a shield. We're running late. I gotta. No, no, you can't hide it now. Yeah, I was trying to hide it with, no, hide no, the boy no. with it. All right. What are we doing today? Anyway, so it's our half of the year, <clears throat> half of the year roundup episode. <laughs> that was awful. Right I still there. don't know what to call these. It's like twenty. I'm gonna call it 2023 roundup part one. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. That's that's good enough, right? Yeah. Top five. It's the movies. Six months in or so far. So this episode is the movies we haven't done on the podcast that we, I guess people have wanted us to do or people have talked about a lot that we just didn't see. Yeah. So the ones we have for today are Renfield, Cocaine Bear, Bo is Afraid, which we talked about a little bit, um, The Last of Us, which I know is not a movie, Mando Season 3. And Scream 6. So, without further ado, we also have a guest joining us today. Cameron's back with us. Yeah, thanks and for having me back. Bo is Afraid's biggest uh, fan over here. <laughs> um, and and uh, Ari Aster, uh, extraordinaire. Wes Anderson, extraordinaire. Film, extraordinaire. Did wow. Ast Asteroid City came out, though, right? It did. It did. I, did. I saw <laughs> one trailer. You'll, you'll be hearing about it. We'll be okay. hearing about it. Okay. But yeah, so... Before seen it before, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok with the handle at seen it beforecast. That's S C E N E it beforecast, and on Twitter with the handle S W underscore pod. Without further further ado, let's get to it. All right, so we're starting with the Nicolas Cage horror comedy thriller, whatever you want to call it. Call me the Dark One. Others, the Lord of Death. So this movie had a 65 million dollar budget mm. which is a lot because mm -hmm. this movie you really look like it had a 65 million dollar budget in parts but it only made 20 million dollars worldwide. no i know why because it's like but it's an cage because like last year the unbearable weight of massive talent just exploded and was so well received mm -hmm. and then there's this that one felt okay so unbearable weight felt like such a just it was like a culmination in like Nick Cage being meta for once mm. and like kind of giving a peek behind the door of like how he operates and like why he's the way he is. Mm. Also, Pedro Pascal was fucking on top of the world yes. back then. So like that totally he makes still sense. Is. What are you talking about? What, yeah. Daddy Pascal is still here. We got him <laughs> twice in this episode. And yeah, so, like, so, but yeah, like, so I understand why that movie did good. And then this one is like, you know, it's, it's like a, it's a, it's a Dracula comedy yeah, with, with Aquafina, however you feel about her, I, I, love I don't her. hate I her. her. No, I people hate her. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't. I just don't like her comedy, and she's also a U Albany grad. So yeah, that, oh that's cool. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that's, that's around us. Um, so, um, I lost my train of thought. But this movie, it, it, it I, I don't it, know how I feel about it because, like, yeah, sure, it was funny in parts, but mm -hmm. like, I don't even remember the second half of the movie. Um, uh, for me, the film gets better the bloodier it gets. 
Yeah. Because the, the gore is kind of fun. It's it, it, shit it, at that point. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it is a little weightless, but um, I, I just, I think Nick Cage is just so fun. He's hamming mm-hmm. it up. Well, he's, yeah, he's obviously the best part. And yeah. I think Ben Schwartz is like the second best part. Cause like, it was Holt seemed like he was a good choice, but I yeah. just don't think the writing was there for him. Yes. I, I, I think I, I'd say if you, if you want that plot line of the familiar and the, vampire yeah. just watch what we do in the shadows because that's just so much funnier <laughs> yeah. never seen it and i oh. i do like the code of, like, they really try to get in yes. like the themes yeah. the codependence it thing i'm like that's interesting it that, like it's clever kind of gets and like you don't know whether like at least i don't know whether or not like did he make did he do it to himself does he secretly mm. want to do that he, you know so it's like it really commented in a couple areas where i didn't think they they even would would think about going yeah but then the rest of the movie doesn't really feel like it matches up with that so i think that's where the weird disconnect is mm-hmm. and for me in the back of my mind i'm thinking of uh, the director chris mckay's other movie lego batman mm-hmm. which is just far more light on its feet this was chris mckay this was chris mckay the, the yeah. renfield feels very plotting it's like all right we gotta do this we gotta do this uh, yeah i knew like the like with the pen thing that's gonna come back up we're mm-hmm. gonna go to the bar and then you yep, know, yep, they're yep, yep, gonna yep, figure yep. it out and then yes you know yeah, the whole detective stuff like I totally saw like Ben Schwartz clearly going to be like his, the rival, you know, yes. for like two seconds. And then, yeah, yeah I don't know. It would have worked better. as just like a short film of like, like uh, when they're trying to recreate the original Dracula aesthetic, when they go to the black and white and they go to the four by yeah, three. That was great. That was it probably my favorite really part. Good. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. Then the rest of the movie kind of happens. I don't yeah. know. I wouldn't really recommend it, honestly. Yeah, Maybe I'm a cable like, watch or like you go on YouTube and you find the best parts and you go, okay. If you're bored on a Sunday night, and it's raining. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And well, we see Nicolas Cage next in Sympathy for the Devil, and I hope that one is going to be a lot better than this. <laughs> that seems and like that more looks, his speed, and yes, yes, you know? it's got that low budget feel, but it's got that very thriller esque. Well, it's like collateral, but if Tom Cruise was Nick Cage, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, him and Joel Kinnaman, that should be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Joel Kinnaman, that's a guy that I thought was going to have a really big career, mm-hmm. and then just like what happened, you know. Let me see. I feel bad for the guy. Warner Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. <laughs> because Rick Flagg was my favorite part of that second mm, Suicide Squad yeah. movie. Yeah. You know, I thought it was going to be oh, Harley Quinn, but like secret, you know, favorite, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, moving on to our second movie, Cocaine Bear. A bear did cocaine. So that's a movie I totally saw. Did <gasps> you not see it? I did. Dude. Oh my God, Danny! <laughs> I Danny. don't, <laughs> bro. Okay, give me. Tell me if I'm wrong. The movie is about a cocaine or a. It's a movie about a bear who eats cocaine and kills a bunch of people yeah. in Ray Liotta's last movie. Well, it's actually yeah, a very weirdly centered around this whole family plot with Carrie Russell and her daughters, yeah. and it it, it 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 tries to do like a Spielberg thing where it's like <laughs> it's like kind of like Jaws, where it's like yes, it's about the shark, but it's really about. Or uh, Scheider's character, where it's like, this is like, oh, it's about the cocaine bear. Oh, like Carrie Russell's like obsessed with the bear. <laughs> no, 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 because like her daughter run a, runs away from home and whatnot. And um, it's, uh, it's I don't know, yeah. the, it's very bizarre. And Ray Liotta's son is like, yes, uh, yeah, his son is like the main player. Is that Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah, Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah. Er, it was really good. Yeah, Alden Ehrenreich. He was actually very good in this movie. I thought. I think the whole like Jaws thing comparison is super funny because the yeah. only other thing I really know about Elizabeth Banks is that she tried to criticize Spielberg about not having a woman uh, uh, as a lead, and then like somebody in the crowd was just like color purple, and then uh-huh. like like it just instantly destroyed her. Oh, that's funny. So. Uh, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Cocaine Bear. My, my only problem is that all the good stuff's in the trailer. 
I'd, I'd oh, say okay. it's it's a it's a movie made for the trailer, and then the rest of the, the movie is the third act is just like very dark. Oh, very it's ugly. Dark. It's it's, it's in a cave. I mean, it's yeah, it's supposed to be dark. Oh, physically dark. Okay, yeah, physically like, dark, and then yeah, the CG may look a little better because it's dark, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. it just didn't. Yes, come off great. And then Margot Martindale's in it. Yes, Margo character actress Margot Martindale's in it, and she's uh, you know just a a class act. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. She takes she gets um. Her ass is clawed by the bear at one yep. point. That was interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. And, and Ray Liotta <laughs> gets torn to pieces. And while that's <laughs> happening, I really wish they faded up an in memoriam title. Like, oh. <laughs> that would have been great. Oh they my did, god! They did I think have, he would have liked it. They did have that at the end. Yeah. But well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they did. Because uh, he. Well, how long ago did he die? Uh, last year. Last year. So, uh, Blackbird. I must have just come out right when it happened. It was right around that time, yeah. Because I watched, I watched it a couple months ago, and then like, I'm like, oh shit, he's in this. And then like the first episode is like in memoriam Ray Liotta. So like, yeah. but like in the show, he like, um, he has like a heart attack or something. Mm-hmm. So we don't think like we like I thought he was like like his character was dead. Like they had to kind of like come up with it as they go. But mm-hmm. I guess he survives. To the I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Cocaine Bear had a 35 million dollar budget in fucking shows, mm-hmm. um, in spots. But yeah. it made, it's a it, shitty. It made 87 million dollars worldwide. So it, yeah. it was yeah. kind of a success, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah, um, usually my rule of thumb is like double the budget for product for marketing and whatnot. Just to yeah, find that break even, and point. that was without marketing, obviously. So million. was it worth the money to go see it? That's I like I just I just I didn't, didn't want to devote the time to see it just because like I thought like it was like worth the two dollars and twenty five cents I paid at Redbox. <laughs> <laughs> I used Redbox for Renfield. Uh, <laughs> I used Redbox for Renfield. Oh, okay. I didn't even know Redbox was still a thing. Like oh, he yeah. asked me, that. I'm like, dude, yeah, it is. That's great. <laughs> I see it at Cumbies, and then like yeah. Yeah, you, there's some stuff DVDs? <laughs> Not well, Blu-ray? You, know you buy DVDs, you... bro. I buy Blu-rays they have, and they, 4K. Well, they, they have Blu-ray. Okay, well, good for them. <laughs> for a dollar? Is it still a dollar? It's like $2.25. Uh, yeah. Inflation. Um, I, actually, I actually got Renfield, and then it also said, hey, here's a free rental as well. And I also got the Mario movie because I know my buddy yeah, wanted to watch it. Yeah, I got that too. It. I got missing. So I saw that. Oh. oh. We were going to put on Yeah, here. we were going to do an episode. It was you, good. You think? Yeah. I enjoyed it. Anyway. Yeah, because I was, I was going to do a video essay and like the new like four star filmmakers are like Sev Ohanian and um, Ch- Anish Taganti because they, they did Missing and Searching. Uh-huh. And I'm like, these guys are like really good. It's standalone stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's a, you know, in and out, good right. story. And you like, you know, you don't forget about it. It's, it's a, you know, like I really like them. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So. All right. Speaking of cocaine, Bo is afraid. I am so sorry. So that's our next oh, movie yeah. here. Yeah, um, Ari Aster had to have been on cocaine. <laughs> doing that one. Yes, this movie we talked about a little bit with you, Cameron, in your last episode with us. Yeah. Okay. That's right. We're gonna let you uh, have okay. the floor here to start. A little yeah. Bit. Yeah. Um. So it's it's a it's a purposefully very abrasive film, yeah. and that's something that Ari Aster loves to do. He loves to polarize. Hereditary Midsummer, of course, being very clear examples. Bo is afraid being an even clearer example. Mm-hmm. And the way that I see the film, it's a uh, filmmaker going up to a home, home plate and he's going to just knock a freaking Homer with, you know, a $30 million budget or 60. Is it 60 million? I forget. Uh, the budget was, I want to say 60. It was, it's the no, biggest 35 million, 35 million. Okay. Well, same um, as cocaine bear. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the biggest budget a 24 has ever given a filmmaker. And it's easily the biggest swing a 24 has ever given. It's a three hour long, uh, picaresque, just like, in, it, incredible stuff happens. I kind of don't want to spoil anything too much. We, we're a spoiling podcast. We're, we're, we're spoiling <laughs> this. Well, um, 
I think I think the easiest way to explain this is um, even uh, even if you ex- explain what happens, I don't think it's even a spoiler because <laughs> like it's so outlandish, so you can't so even shit, like man. understand yeah. the context. Yeah, so yeah. fucking yeah, um, go for it. So what part? <laughs> well, Ari Aster was in the uh, Criterion closet uh, when promoting the film, and he picked up um, a Czechoslovakian film called Closely uh, Watched Trains, and he said both of these, both this movie and Bo is Afraid, they're both about. Um, I'll, I'll say, uh, men who need to sexually finish. Yes. Oh, he said that, that's what both movies are about. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and he's not wrong. And, and one of my favorite things is in the, in the movie, when that happens, I, when I saw it the second time, I could feel the entire theater being like, Oh my God. And I'm thinking to myself, that's not even the worst. That's going to happen. Uh, yeah, no. We uh, haven't gotten to the attic yet. And crazier as the movie yeah. goes on. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Sure, it starts with you know him running naked in the streets and getting hit by a car, yep. and it, it also starts with a birth. Let's not forget. <laughs> yeah, it starts with a birth. It starts with a baby's of a giant womb. nutsack. Like, oh yeah, well, that? <laughs> yeah, the, the giant testicles. And the, mm-hmm. the spider. Yep, the spider. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> I was like, all right, where's this gonna happen? Just <laughs> medication that needs to be taken with the water. Drinking paint scene alone was oh, just phenomenal. like. Yeah, that was horrifying. Yep, yep, yep. And, yeah. and that that old detour into the cul-de-sac with Nathan Lane and Amy Ryan is probably my favorite. part. Oh my god, Amy Ryan! I haven't seen her in shit in so long. Oh and my god, goddamn, she's, she's great. phenomenal. <laughs> I was like, is that yeah. fucking? Yeah, where's Michael? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, um, you know, his dad's a total dick. I mean, total, total. Yes, dick. his dad is an absolute dick entirely. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, so then, his then mom he- sucks too. Does Ari Aster hate his mom? <laughs> I don't see Ari Aster talks about his mother very lovingly when asked about her. He says that Bro, his, she, she she introduced him to cinema and whatnot. Like they would they would go see if anyone has ever seen the Piano Teacher uh, directed by um, Michael Haneke, no. which is a very messed up movie about a woman and a young boy. Oh, so that's horribly awkward. Is it like Harold and Maude kind of thing, or it, it's like but 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 worse. Yeah, like, yeah. not as happy with less. Not cats as happy. Stevens. Less cat Stevens. No consent. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then also by the end, um, Ari Aster's just like, I just want to do defending your life in a matter of life and death. So I'm going to put this man on trial and we're going to have that incredible scene in the arena. And it ends on probably one of my favorite closing shots of the year. It's a reflection. It's people slowly filing out of an auditorium Mm -hmm. with a flickering light and a dead body. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this movie (laughs) did not do well. No, I can't imagine it it would. No. $11 million worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. Like, we need more like original idea movies. This, this is, is definitely there. This is just like too much, you know. <laughs> no, no, it's not enough. What are you talking about? Fucking <laughs> like something that like would be yeah. down the middle. I think crowd pleasing would be like something like Air. You know, I think that that yeah, I, yeah, I imagine great. that did kind of good. I didn't check the numbers, but yeah. it's, it's feel it good. It's original. It's standalone. Yeah. That's all we need. Mm-hmm. We don't need a fucking fever dream nightmare. I yeah, hate my do. mom. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> I need to finish, <laughs> you know, like it did not yeah. do as well as you thought. Not really. So the budget to was make 90, a budget? 90 million mm-hmm. for air. Yeah. The budget was $90 million. Oh, probably actors. Cause there's a shit ton of good actors. In yeah. And worldwide, worldwide 90 million. <sighs> Damn. That's disappointing. Yeah. So he is, he finds this place in the middle of the woods. That's mm-hmm. doing like a reenactment thing. Yes. And he imagines his life, his life surrounded in this play, mm-hmm. like how his whole life would play out and stuff yeah. like that. Well, it's almost the idea of cinema itself. You're in the theater and you think you're that person. That that's what a good movie should do: oh, make you believe that you're 
in this world, you're with Howard Ratner, you're terrified that he's not going to make the bet and whatnot. That's what, that's what good filmmaking is about. It's about seeing yourself on the screen. But the, and then of course the kicker is, but this guy has kids and Bo doesn't. Oh, well, you know, uh, I didn't even think about that. That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, yeah it was hard for me to think about it in that way because it's like, there wasn't anything that I, like I was trying to decipher. I'm like, okay, what about this character? Does he, why does he think it's him? Cause like, it, none of his characteristics I thought were matched up with what was no, going on no, in the no, play. Cause, Cause that character is heroic and he, yeah, uh, well-adjusted yeah, well adjusted. <laughs> exactly. But he's this like, guy fucking, you know, he showed up there running away from these two people that kind of house arrested him. Mm-hmm. Um, whose yeah. daughter drank paint and killed herself. And the crazy brother. <laughs> yeah. The crazy brother ended up just, or not brother, uh, uh, brother's friend brother ca- ended up chasing and after them and <laughs> shooting up the damn place. There's no way this is, this is, has, this has to be in his head. Like he has to be schizophrenic and he, like, I would like to see like, like the, like the, the normal person cut of this movie. And I just like, liked just like another character is kind of like with Bo and just like, like, what the fuck are you freaking out for? And it's like, it's just all normal shit. I want to see Ari Aster and Todd Phillips team up for something because that would, that would be, be dangerous. Sick. That would be very dangerous. <laughs> the, those. I, don't, I don't even know what that movie would look like. Just imagine Joker, but with Ari Aster in there at some point. Yeah, I mean, for me, this was everything Joker should have <laughs> exactly, been. Exactly. Like, <laughs> holy shit. Yeah, this is like this the, from be? the perspective of the, of the Joker. And like, yeah. this is why he goes bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is what's going on in the Joker's head 24-7. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the thing about, about Ari Aster is like, uh, I absolutely adore and love Hereditary. I think it's the scariest movie I've ever seen. Uh, Midsummer, complete disconnect for me. I do not understand that movie. I don't understand why people like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this one like had the potential to be like Midsummer because it was so it was as weird. Mm-hmm. But this one is like loud. Yes. I get, you know, it's like it keeps my attention. So I'm like, what the fuck is going to happen now? I will say I will take watching Bo is Afraid five times before I watch another Cocaine Bear. Oh yeah, for Renfield sure. Yeah, because yeah, that was not good. It because was, it, it inspires something in me that was yeah. Because Cocaine Bear seems seems like a like a like a rope. Yeah, you can't idea. Know. You haven't seen it. That's why I didn't see it. You know, I'm just. I'm like even the trailers just go. Okay, I think I've seen everything I need to. So and then Renfield, I'm like I only saw it just because Nick Cage. Like if it if it was anybody else, I probably wouldn't have seen it. Fucking Cage. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what's next for Ari Aster? Do you know? Um, well, right now, rumors are that he's going to be making a Western. He's, he's trying his hat at a Western. Some say that it will be taking place during the COVID pandemic. Ugh. I don't know how believable that is. I mean, Ugh. this is coming from a site that has been very unreliable in the past. Oh, okay. A Western that takes place in 2020? Yes. Where would it be located? I, I assume it would be something kind of like a nope. Oh, okay. Which, okay. Like, you know, it's just kind of like taking place in California. Did, in the gotcha. desert did type of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I... I'm always interested to see what Ari Aster comes up with. So, I mean. Yeah, I you know, mean, I'm not, <laughs> I don't think any of his movies are bad. No. It's just, well, they didn't hit me. Well, you know? speaking of, of pandemics, let's go mm. into The Last of Us. There's hope for the world. Why bother going on? Um, mm. So. Uh, the opening scene terrifies me to this day. Dude. Just like the talk show. Yeah, it's like, dude, what this could, because this wasn't even in the game. That's how good this is. It's based on reality, because it's yeah. like, you know, and it's kind of an homage to Dawn of the Dead in a way where they, they well, I mean, the, Dawn of the Dead starts off with a news broadcast of everything going to hell. Mm-hmm. So and it's a little bit more chaotic than the talk show, but the talk show is really well done. Yeah, well, because it's like um, it's so long ago that like you forget about like these guys talked about it in the 60s and then all of a sudden fucking fungal infections like 
damn like we have no cure for it and like if that's that's just terrifying in itself like, yeah it basically they're like yeah if that ever gets in anything there's no hope for survival and I, I like this this whole show definitely has like this really cool like i'm not sure if it's just because we watched it over nine weeks or so but it it just it fully evolved from what we thought like the feeling of the show when i had in my head like oh it's that freaky like horrifying tv show um that's based on a video game and then I'm like then now it gets to like oh it's like this is what the game was all about it just felt started in one place got to another place in it very two very different like types of ideas mm -hmm. and i thought that was so cool because like in real like house of the dragon did it too but like i can pinpoint it because every episode had a time jump and like that's why it's different mm. this one is just kind of like throughout every episode it just feels yeah, no, really smooth. It's all about humanity too. That's the yeah. other thing. Yeah. Like this show is completely about humanity and what would happen in that instance. Mm -hmm. And the team of, of Craig Mazin and um, Neil Druckmann. Neil Druckmann is fucking fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god! Craig? I never even finished Chernobyl, but like, oh, I I gotta so go back now. I so like good. holy shit. Yeah. Craig Craig Mazin <laughs> inspires a lot of hope in people because he went from doing Scary Movie three. To Chernobyl, and so you know what, there is hope for it. You. Was so did he write three though, or did was he I just think was writing it? Yeah, he wrote it. Because the cool thing, I found him. I'm not sure if you know he he had a podcast. I'm not sure if he still does it. It's called oh. Script Notes. Okay, uh, he does it with his buddy John August, who's another screenwriter. Mm -hmm. um, so at the time before Chernobyl happened, before this, you know, the Last of Us, um, he was just like talking about like this is like what you know i'm like a semi-professional hollywood screenwriter here's some tips you know they have a bunch of episodes i'm like oh, wow this is some really good tips <laughs> and then all of a sudden here like you know because i looked him up one day i'm like oh scary movie theme that's why he's doing a podcast <laughs> 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 and then um <laughs> so but then all of a sudden chernobyl comes out i'm like this is the same fucking guy Incredible. like emmys damn like good for him man yeah yeah but yeah so talking about the first three episodes are fan fucking tastic. Like mm -hmm. first episode, you get to see you know twenty years later. You, the big shock in the episode is when Joel's daughter fucking dies. She gets yeah. shot. Like that was even shocking in the game. It was even more shocking when I saw it in the show. Mm. Like I was like, oh my god, I knew what was coming, and it's just like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> the most heartbreaking part of that is like because I didn't I didn't connect it. I guess everybody else does because I'm really slow, but. <laughs> Um, his he his his watch gets damaged the same exact at the the time that his daughter dies, mm. and that's just even more tragic. Yeah, just to, just to, just to live hammer it in, you know. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And then the second episode is about their journey throughout Boston to get to the uh, yeah the, the uh the oh god the, the big house uh, the please stand by. No, it's not Fenway. No, Fenway's the last episode. It's like the it's last episode. Yeah, it's fine, whatever. Um, so yeah, but yeah, now he. Joel, That's probably the weakest episodes two and two and no, maybe six. Not two. Think, two yeah. is such a good episode. Two is good because like you get to see the whole relationship with Joel and Tess and how that really came to be, and then mm. how Tess is like, you need Ellie, you need her yeah. to do all this stuff, mm -hmm. and then three we get. Bill and Frank. Oh Which is, my! I think God. is hands down. Everybody agrees that's the best episode. It's the best episode. It's hands really down. Really powerful. Really Steven powerful. Steven Spielberg episode. wrote to them saying it was universal. The love yeah. story. Mm -hmm. Rightfully so. And just so good. Mm -hmm. um, four, I think, is a weak episode. What's four? Four is the one where they're in Kansas City. And they're trying to get. Oh right! It's the beginning of that. It's the beginning. Yeah, of that yeah. Part. That definitely. It's yeah. A weak episode. Um, yeah, the next episode, I think that's wow. the the better of the Kansas City stuff. Yeah, the you, one with um, Sam and uh, um, Henry. Henry, yeah. Yeah, so you Dude. get to see, it's really cool, you get to see um, 
I, I, I only I only know really this show. I played a little bit of the game, but apparently in the in the game, uh, Sam and Henry are just like some guys trying to get out of the city, and there's mm-hmm. no people hunting them. And yeah, they're just trying to survive. Basically. Adding the context of like he was trying to save his brother with these meds to team up with Fedra, and he was a he was a mole or a rat for the for the rebels or whatever, and they killed a leader. So that like I every I understand everybody everybody's motivations mm-hmm. and they don't even have to show that that much. There's like a quick flashback to where like they, they take over the Fedra place. Plus, That's all you need. And plus you get Melanie Linsky just being a badass. Like, she's great. She's man. so good. Yeah. Great. Um, Who would have thought the girl who's trying to, uh, who's hitting on Charlie and sneaking up in his, on his room in uh, two and a half men. Ironically, that's the best rated episode on IMDb. Really? Yeah. That mm. episode. Um, a long, long time. Or no, 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 last of us. Sorry. Um, <laughs> then uh, yeah, but she plays like this creep that like always like hangs out on his porch, huh. and like she's like, I really love you, Charlie. That one time we had sex, and then like yeah. Then the following episode, episode six, is the one where they reunite with Tommy and they're in the town. I think that's also a kind of weak episode, but like it's not like a bad episode at all. Like it's just like more mm. development for the characters, but there's nothing that really happens. I liked the scenery change. Um, yeah, Go, like the, the, the snow in the, the end of the episode Gorgeous. when Joel gets shot. That's the that's basically where it is. Um, and then we get the flashback with Left Behind. Which was mm. the DLC in the first game, actually. Right. Another great, like the it's it's ironic. Some of the best episodes are like not part of the actual storyline. I know. Yeah. It's, it's like funny. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with like Mythic Quest. They do like mm-hmm. these like weird kind of like completely different time like flashback timeline episodes um, that mean nothing to the rest of the show, and they're always like nine point fives and like <laughs> fucking they kick it out of the park. That's how it works. And the man. rest of the show is like you know seven point five and up, you know, mm-hmm. but like. Knock it out of the park every time. It's so ones that don't matter. Crazy. <laughs> um, then after that, it's one where we, uh, oh, what's his face? Uh, the crazy cannibal dude, David. Um, oh, so yeah. I think David's episode might have been. It's that's that's lower tier. They're all great oh, yeah. episodes, yeah. but it's like it's towards the bottom. Mm. I, I disagree wholly because uh, yeah, the like that episode was really well done just because like in the game that is such a big part of the game mm-hmm. and like we're. Mm-hmm. Ellie's just trying to fight back against David and all that stuff. It was pretty much movement for movement. What happens in the game in this? And yeah, the, that that one shot where she's cleavering him, like that's I saw that oh, in the game. God. It was fucking brutal, bro. It's yeah. brutal. And my God, we, Bella Ramsey doesn't get enough credit for this role. Like yeah, holy I, shit. Yeah, I wouldn't mind I, seeing when a, they uh, cast her. her yeah, when they cast her, I was like, no way, no way, she's gonna be that good. Mm. Holy shit, she proved me mm. wrong. <laughs> her and Pedro Pascal in this show, their chemistry is yeah, chemistry's really unmatched. Yeah, and sure. even the casting of Storm Reed is Riley. Like that was yep. really well done too. Like she's shit. kind of a you know diamond in the rough. She, mm. she's, she's got a career coming on. You know? yeah. she's doing a Sony career for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's her thing. <laughs> um, and then yeah, and then the final episode, it's very rescue, understated. Rescue, rescue Ellie and. Just uh, yeah. So that's the thing, though. Um, when we were like on the da- the end of the David episode, I think that was the penultimate episode, right? Mm-hmm. That one, I'm thinking, oh wow, they got so much work to do. Like, are we rushing this? Mm. How did you guys feel about the end of it? Because I'm not sure how it is in the game. I think they got just the right amount of parts that you needed to make it work. Mm-hmm. No, no, no real fluff. No. But I'm not sure if that was the best choice. I think we could have mm-hmm. just stayed no. a little longer. I think it was the right choice. Just like cut right to the chase. Well, 
Well, what part are you talking about? Right to the chase. Like, well, okay, we get, we get done with this traumatic episode with yeah. Ellie. She's kind yeah, of like she, she fully understands the horrors of the world, mm-hmm. and then the next episode we finish our journey. There's no kind of like buffer there mm-hmm. to where like. Well, there's nothing that really happens in the game between then though. For, for either, me, for so. me, the buffer is the draft scene. Yeah, that's yeah, like the whole first personally. twenty minutes or so. It's a yeah. real draft, by the way. It's a real draft. Yes, yeah, you told me that. Yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> Everyone got super heated about that. I don't really care. <laughs> you know, because it was like yeah. on a blue screen, and then I guess it made like the coloring look different to people. I and don't like, think so. Yo, I don't give a shit. Like, it's a giraffe. <laughs> like, Looks fine to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, no. I, I think I think it was just overall a really strong show. As somebody who never played the game, I would still recommend it to people. But I would say watch it in the way that you guys watch it week by week because I binged it, mm-hmm. and admittedly, it's kind of blurry. Right now, thinking so what happens? Yeah, and yes, and also all the character names I kind of forgot. I just remember their characteristics. Uh, yeah. So I just kind of smiled and nodded for the past couple minutes. I was like, oh. yeah. yeah, especially like long, long time sitting with that episode for a whole week was greatly beneficial. I'm because sure because I totally like, I you know like you you because there's a lot that happens. It's a 20, 30 year relationship that you see from start to finish. So you got to kind of absorb all of that and then like thinking about it and like, oh shit, that that's the last one you watched till you binge, right? I think so. Three. Yeah. yeah yes. So you was. had to sit with that one for a long time. I did. So I did. A long, long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no. So where this one ends and whenever season two comes out, there's a lot that happens in the second game. I'm a little worried about season two because as we know, the part two of the game got very, cr- it's very hitter or it's very uh, yeah, polarizing. Spoil anything right now for the mm-hmm. second game because mm-hmm. I've played it. And I think what they should do since there's so much in this game, they got to split into two seasons. I don't think they're going to rush it. And now with the writer's strike currently going on, I don't think they're going to rush it at all, which is good. They it's should. Oh, my God. Thing. This show needs a, a good writer. Good people paying attention to it the whole way through. And, yeah. yeah it, this is going to be nothing but good for the show. And, yeah, so that's that's where we're going to end The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Moving on to something a little not as good. So Mandalorian Season 3. Being a Mandalorian is not just learning about how to fight. So, Danny, I'm going to let you uh, talk a little bit more here. So, let's let's go through it. So, it starts off like... I'm just so disappointed in the show. I, just, <laughs> I know. We waited three years. Well, actually, let's see. To have nothing yes. happen for six uh, episodes. Actually, we waited... Hold on. Hold on. Let's see. The last episode was December 18, 2020, and this newest one was March 1st, 2023. So, two and a half years. Two and a half. Two, two years. Three two years, yeah. Yeah. So this is what they give us. So potentially the best se- like they kept hyping this up the best season yet. Well, usually when they say you're the fucking best kidding season me, yet, you cannot say it's going to be the best season. <laughs> and like it, I don't know, it's like it retroactively makes the rest of the show bad in my opinion because it's like even like okay, so it's like it's very clear from this season they had no idea again what they were doing with this show. There was like they they had a premise of what if Boba Fett was just doing bounty shit, and then they thought this cool idea. Admittedly, find they find a baby Yoda, mm-hmm. then they say, "All right, let's that's good. Let's put it into production." Uh, that's episode one, you dipshits. So you had to come up with seven more episodes of stuff that might happen. Then you have a clear ending in season two, which you know, good for you guys. You get you found your way through the weeds and you found a good end point. Then you're like, "Well, we have to continue the show." The whole sh- core of the show is Baby Yoda and Mandalorian. So, what do we do? 
yeah, fuck it. Two episodes in Boba Fett. Let's just fucking get them back together. So let's start what, with Mando. what actually what actually happens in the first six episodes. What progress? What's the goal? What is the premise of uh, the season? The mines in episode two. That was the probably the biggest part in those three episodes. So we get to explore the mines of Mandalore and like all that kind of stuff. Um, and then there's episode three, which is that Pershing episode, and we get the f- there's like a whole flashback episode with him and. Uh, Oh, the doctor? Yeah, the doctor. See, that was a good episode. It just doesn't belong in the show yet again. It it, it felt like an Andor episode. Yeah, throw it in there. But they can't do that because Andor is uh, uh, Rebels or in between. It's a different time. It was like before four still. It felt felt like a more serious thing. And what they were going for the first, like, yeah, the first uh, episode. (laughs) I think we found out, though, who rescued Grogu. Jar Jar, no, but not actually Jar Jar, but the uh, the actor who plays Jar Jar. Well, that's um, cool, but like I appreciate that we're, they're giving Ahmed Best a role, but it's just clear that like because Ahmed Best isn't going to stick around as like a major character, yeah. so that just kind of you know deflated deflated everything I I, I yeah, that they sure, had built it was, up. It was cool, you know? um, and then we we had these pirates that keep coming up throughout the season, um, and they were just what happens to them when they come back? Do they die? I don't know. I don't even remember. That's the sad part. Like you know this mean? season is so forgettable, <laughs> and then it's not even fun. Well, the one thing we're gonna remember is the Jack Black and Lizzo episode, which means absolutely nothing. <laughs> it means absolute dick. That's what it means. <laughs> so that was the episode right after that. So uh, like, and then uh, fucking the whole point is like, it, uh, the main character of the show is Bogatan. You know, that's what I think they were leading to. But they wanted like, to make it. They, they didn't think. <laughs> They wanted, like, you know, uh, what was his name? Rick Famuyiwa was, like, saying, uh, well, the Mandalorian doesn't necessarily refer to Din Djarin. It's true. Like, bro, he's been the main character for two seasons. Two years of our investment, he's the main character. You can't just fucking switch to somebody else. No, no lead, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I and mean, then, to be fair, yes, Bo-Katan is Filoni's character, but yeah. now so is um, Din Djarin. So, like... Yeah, and, I don't. I didn't. Grogu, I didn't but. not like Bo Katan until this season. I thought she was a great character, but I'm thinking like she's just getting all this shit. I did like for no the, reason. I did like her in the season. Explain she to was. me the reasoning of why. Like, okay, they tease. Okay, the end of season two. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> Din gets the dark saber. Yeah. You know, he wins in combat, but doesn't kill him. But doesn't kill Moth. Moth. So, if those are the rules that you just have to defeat them in combat. Why can't you just have a scene with Bo-Katan defeating Mandalorian and sparing his life? Why can't you just do that? Because he don't, that's not who he is as a character. What do you mean? He's not. What do you, what do you mean by it? I, I, genuinely. Like, what do you mean he's not that character? No, that's not who he is, though. Like, he's like, he's not going to go out of his way to defeat someone that he's friends with. He's not going to, like, right. he's, he's going to give it up. He's not going to fight. He's going to throw the fight. Because the Mandalorians care about fucking warriors. Yeah. Being a warrior. Okay. Mando just being like, here, Bo, you defeated the enemy that defeated me. It's a fucking slug monster that caught a, like a sneak attack surprise. And then he also, he, try, he drowns um, after oh, he gets yeah. rescued. But his helmet is sealed. Yep. Because they established that yep. with the air, like yep. the air might be toxic. Oh, God. His helmet's, so how is he, you know? That was bad. That was really glaring. It's the same episode. Yep. <laughs> yep. But the best episode of the season was the penultimate one, The Spies. So. I like that one. That one was really, really good. Yeah. But like, but, that's where, yeah, we get the whole big battle with, um, Moff, or 
With the Praetorian Guards. Yeah, the Praetorian Guards. And they kill Paz, uh, Paz, Vizla. Paz, Paz Vizla. Yeah. yeah. Oh like, my god! That was fucking, such a big loss. I was like, "Oh!" I fucking forgot about the how poor stupid, John Favreau's character. I forgot how stupid the Mandalorians were, like the the clan were. Like, that's my son. He's getting taken by a pterodactyl. Oh well, we don't have fuel in our jetpacks for some reason. I don't know, man. And then, <laughs> and then the uh, I, you know, in, it was the best episode. But even then, there's inconsistency. So the Praetorian guards have like the little pokey stick things that, that shock them to death. We we sound like such like Snyderverse fans right now, it's dude. I'm just saying. I'm I'm pointing out inconsistencies in their own show. I know. Seven I, episode seven. Paz Vizsla dies by getting stabbed by the shocky things. Um, we don't see any blood. Kid show whatever. <laughs> Next episode, Mandel uh, Din Djarin's getting stabbed with the same shit. Yeah. But he's fine. Yeah. Why? He has better best car. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. So then the end of this season, like, what the fuck even happens in the last episode? Like, the big explosion, Moff Gideon dies. Well, dies. Um, <laughs> also, we, <laughs> oh, my God. There you go. Yeah. So we see, like, the, the many Moff Gideons that are there, the clones, and all that nonsense. It's like, Oh God, they he's re- not dead. They repeat the he's same beat dead. of uh, how Din got rid of the dark troopers at the end of season two. Oh, let's just fucking destroy them in a in a, in a cage, and then oh, I still got to fight the one Moff Which Gideon. I don't think is the actual Moff Gideon. That's probably there's a clone. no way it's because a clone. you know, yeah, I know, oh, I know because he doesn't have a mustache or something. Yeah, there was that whole thing like in <laughs> in the teasers or something like that, or not the teasers, the uh, the posters or something. He had a mustache. And then this guy doesn't have one. That's what people were kind of going off on. It's like, all right, yeah, that's loose. But like, I guess it could be possible. No matter. This took two years, right? To go from season two to season three. Yep. That worries me for The Last of Us. Because like, even if you get all this time to write, it still might not be good. So, because. That like, is true. Yep. But I don't think that's the case, though. Because there's better writers on the last of us <laughs> yeah well i think they they care whatever yeah. maybe maybe we misjudge john favreau and filoni because like their last two two projects have been very disappointing and then there's i mean the if it's all leading to this dave filoni directed <sighs> movie that comes out in somewhere in the second half of the 2020s i don't know even if it's good, I don't know how you could possibly explain the inconsistencies and stupid stuff that happens in this season. Kevin Kennedy. <clears throat> like, um, bless you. If you want to blame it on her, I think it's... Uh, you really think she just made these weird just choices sneeze, just to... I don't know to, what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. But, no, I don't think it's just her. I think it's just... They had no direction, as you said, and it's just... I don't know, man. It's like... I, Ahsoka is going to be the last straw for me with Star Wars. If Ahsoka isn't good... Done. I think I, I think they'll get on base. You know, the show that's they're just going to keep jerking us around, and they're going to do just enough to where like Although, it's not terrible, but Dave, like it's watchable. Dave Filoni did just confirm that this is like Rebels season four or five, whatever the hell it was. Ahsoka is going to be. Okay, I like season four of Rebels. Okay, so it's season five, but um, it's not. But he didn't say specifically Clone Wars season seven. So no, but he. So that's what he's saying. This is what it's going to be. The Ahsoka show is going to be season five of Rebels. That's what they're basically saying. Okay, and I'm like, okay, that's, that's promising. I guess promising. 
we will see. Right. I'm so happy I've stopped watching Star Wars. It's it's not good right I'm, right now. I'm so at peace. Yeah, yeah. Well, doing just wait playing for the, I envy you. You're just, just wait for the Star Wars. Oh, reboot Star Wars came out. Just wait for the new Star Wars reboot that comes in the next. I'll get to years. it. Oh yeah, yeah. <sighs> so anyway, on to something better. Scream Six. Um, yeah, which I'm going to call you out. You said you didn't want to do this one because you thought it was going to be shit. I because we did a double feature for Scream last season for uh-huh. the premiere. So I'm like, oh, well, we set a precedent. Why don't we do Scream Six? No, yeah, look at the because you didn't shit. want to do Renfield. Well, because I was right. It was bad. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. You know, Nick Cage. Yeah, Nick Cage is great. Scream you know? Six. But yeah. So I did miss out on Scream 5, admittedly, um, and, and 4, and 3, <laughs> and 2. Because I like Scream 1 enough, it would be like, I don't want to hear anymore. That's I fair. get it. That's probably for the best. And that's kind of the whole point yeah. of Scream, in my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. It, yeah, the more uh, the fun is, like at least in the later, like after 2, mm. like 3 and 4, I th- 3, 4, and 5 are more about, like, who's the killer? I wonder who it is, you know? Who's the killer? <laughs> this um, one, this season, Scream 6, dove into a little bit more, Yeah, uh, I thought. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it, it, it's it's more fun when the set pieces are happening. Of course, mm-hmm. um, the bodega's fun, the subway's fun, mm-hmm. the apartment stuff. Trying to get across the uh, alley to the—that's yeah. really it great fun. tension building. Yeah, and great suspense it's the whole fun. time. As but when they're like sitting around, like uh, jabbering about the other people, I I lost interest yeah, the, because the I oh you don't know who they are because I don't know who they are. Yeah. Um. And and so so that that was a shortcoming on my part, but um. But it, I did appreciate that it is made for movie geeks. They're mm-hmm. talking about Letterbox and yep. all that. That was, yep, yep, yep. Yep. That very, was cute. Very that, meta. Gets e- that gets easy points for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's it, a few, it's clever writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a few people that I'm thinking like, oh, why? why? How did they survive? There's no fucking way. But I like them enough where I'm like, okay, yeah. you get one more. You know, they better, if they, if they get brutally stabbed in the next one, they better be dead. <laughs> but I'll forgive this one because I really like them. I mean, I'd say Scream 5 was like the, the first... Big, big movie for Jenna Ortega, and really set the precedent for what she is now. Mm. So, like, yeah, her they got lucky with her because she blows up the next year. Oh man, damn, Wednesday's the most watched Netflix show ever. I think so. Yeah, yeah. it's the yearly most watched Netflix show ever. I still weird to me because I I haven't seen it. I'm like, (laughs) I'm just not plugged in with everybody else when this in this particular one. So, yeah, interesting, and yet we're still okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're all good. Yeah. So, maybe I should unplug from Star Wars. Maybe I maybe I'll I'll be less stressed. I don't know. <laughs> I'm wearing a Star Wars hat and, <laughs> and a Star Wars shirt. Sure, sure, you know? <laughs> it's a little more brutal than I than I expected. Yeah, too. it was like, pretty brutal. The reveal was pretty good. I did not expect it um, for the first time. Well, are we, yeah, we're spoiling right. Three yeah. three ghost face. So that's interesting. Three ghost face. Yeah, yeah. The hot fuzz twist. Yeah. <laughs> multiple people. Yeah. Yeah. I liked all the body parts in the fridge. That was fun. Well done. They should have killed (laughs) off Courtney Cox, but yeah. um, Also a really cool thing, because I've seen all of the movies multiple times and I just never realized that that's the first phone call she ever has with any ghost face. Really? That was so cool. Oh yeah. So, um, and like they do another kind of, well, you haven't seen scream two, but they do, they do a scream two thing. Esque, like, you know, they kind of copy the pattern. Um, but yeah, like uh, I like that. Um, I like that Mindy's still alive because she's my favorite. Oh yeah, because Randy is like you know, for the first one. He's my favorite character in that movie. I fucking love him because like 
you know, he just like I I love to see like a super smart character like know the shit and like avoid everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's too bad that like later on, you know, he doesn't. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So but I'm glad that she's uh, you know, she's like him. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. They they're keeping with the tradition, but like changing it up a little bit. It's 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 well done. Um, I it's just a fun movie. There's nothing really. There's nothing else I really can say about this. Or where they're going to go with Scream 7, which comes out next year, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be once a year again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, w- I want them to kind of space it out, though. Like, because it's like... Well, they're going to have to with the writer's strike now, so... Yeah. Like, okay, so like... But yeah, every movie comments on itself because it's like you have the first one commenting on horror movie tropes, first of its kind. Yeah. Then um, Scream 2 is commenting on the fact that it's a sequel. Then Scream 3 is the fact that it's the end of a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Scream 4 is kind of like a, a long, or like, so they're trying to go for like a reboot. I think okay. that's, what the, that's what the message there. Scream 5, a re, or a, yeah, a requel. Reboot. <laughs> they're doing legacy sequels kind of okay. thing. Yeah. So it's like new characters, old characters come back, but they're still on the table to get killed. Mm-hmm. This one is doing the more like Jason Takes Manhattan thing. We're like, we're oh, taking man, it out of the thing and we're doing a sequel to a requel. So it's yeah. like, this one kind of, it's it's really good, but it doesn't have like a that meta commentary thing as much as the other ones. It's pretty dilute. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the next one, I don't even know what you're gonna do. You yeah, multiverse, because that's, like, that's, that's the, the thing good now. Thing though, like you don't know what's happening, and that's the good part about it. And yeah, it keeps the, you they, they went to the heart of the murder mystery thing on this one, mm-hmm. and obviously up the that's, the brutality of it. I mean, that's yeah. also a big thing right now, murder mysteries. So like mm-hmm. Ives Out or that kind of stuff, like. Mm-hmm. Poker yeah, face. if they bring him like a like a genius detective that somehow, could cool. that could be cool. That would be a cool twist on it. It'd be even better if it is Benoit Blanc. Oh my God! Yeah. Stop. This comes in. Just stop it. Well, I've seen these scream movies. Don't say that. Scream. Scream. <laughs> oh God. Now, what um, if it's like a ghost so, face inside of a ghost face? <laughs> so the the budget on this movie also thirty five million dollars. Oh, which is kind of funny. Like yeah, a lot of these movies all had around thirty five. Free looks so much better than yeah. Scream Six. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Scream Six is just like and you Scream know, Six looks so much better than Renfield. Yeah, <laughs> so, Renfield. I don't know what they were doing with the budget there. Maybe yeah. it had to it, have been Nick Cage. Was, I bet that was ninety percent <laughs> Nick Cage. Uh, uh, thirty three like, million dollars. Oh, yeah, still. Yeah, and, and just like this one made one hundred sixty eight million dollars worldwide, so like yeah. it it's getting a sequel or a requel, a requel, sequel, sequel. Yeah. Uh, so it's it. One thing I did, I loved the opening of this one. I thought it was so yeah. fucking cool. It was very original. Yeah, very original. And that's hard to find. And you know, this mm-hmm. franchise is what third, almost thirty years old. So it's like so wow. Cool. You know, and uh, I'm like, I knew that I knew it was Tony Rivolori right at the beginning because like I just know oh, his yeah. voice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad that they. That they didn't like, uh, I don't know. Well, actually, no, maybe I'm not glad. I did like him. I do in the next one, I do want to see like um, kind of a parallel storytelling where we know who the killer is Ooh. and the, the somehow they make it more important as who the killer is later and like it, oh. re- it changes the entire context of the rest Ooh. of the movie. Red herring. That, that's where I thought they were going with this one or like maybe like this ghost face switches sides <laughs> and like, we don't know who the other one is yeah. or if there's a third or a fourth one, you know, they could do a lot of cool shit, mm-hmm. you know, well, change up the formula, but still, cause then that could comment on like, uh, this is a strange pick, but like, uh, the, you know how like the twilight books have, uh, in twilight 50 shades of gray, they have uh, different perspective 
versions of the stuff that the events that still that happen oh they tell okay. it from like edward's perspective gotcha. instead of bella's mm-hmm. you do something like that yeah yeah that could be fun it's weird that's coming from from that but <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the rare franchises like with creed um they did the handoff correctly mm. where like i care more about these guys now because like it's it's so outlandish if, if sydney's involved in this again a seventh time are you kidding me <laughs> like damn but yeah so it's good all right it's time for our top five movies of 2023 so far from January to June. I gotta open up my iPad. Get your list. All right. Get so, my list. starting with number five. Me? You. Um, I'm going with Master Gardener. Uh, written and directed by Paul Schrader, the uh, co writer of uh, Taxi Driver and a bunch of Scorsese classics. Okay. Um, it's the third part of, uh, of uh, Schrader's. Um, Lonely Man in a Room trilogy. Um, these movies about these men who are tortured by their past and their present. Um, sitting in a room, there's lots of diary writing and a lot of voiceover. Master Gardener is about Joel Edgerton's character, um, Narvel. His name is Narvel. Stop. He's a, I know. Um, he's, a, he's a gardener. Duh. He's the master gardener. Um, <laughs> working on a, um, an, a former plantation in the South, who, and he is a former white supremacist. Oh. who has gone into witness protection program and has turned on his fellow Klansmen. And while working with, for Sigourney Weaver on this plantation, he um, falls in love with a woman of color. And it's about his retribution and it's about his oh. cleansing of the past and the idea of planting, regrowing, rebirth. Oh, it's a wow. really powerful movie. And in the end, it's, it's, um, it's Schrader saying that maybe there is some hope for humanity. Hmm. And I find it really powerful. It's, it is tough to watch because they do flashbacks to his really despicable past. Mm-hmm. And um, it's another really good character study. I highly recommend it if you can find I it. I love those kinds of movies where like Incredible. the character literally grows as a person like you know positive change arc to like the fucking max yes (laughs) oh yeah yeah. so what's it called again master gardener master gardener okay it's it's really powerful services not not streaming i didn't hear about it until you just said it yeah 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 yeah. i think it played here like for a week oh is that what you were talking about Uh, earlier to me oh no 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 oh it's a different movie okay i've got another one in my pocket gotcha all right highly recommend master gardener all right uh my number five is okay. So I was talking to you about this early, mm-hmm. earlier. My number five originally was Dungeons and Dragons, mm. but then I looked through our podcast and I was like, "Oh, we did this movie. This is number five. What like, movie is that, Dan? Creed three. Creed three. Yep, was really well done. Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut. Um, I. I had real, a real fun time with it. Yeah, it was a little campy towards the end, and it didn't look like Dodger Stadium, which knocked some points off for me. But, um, <laughs> you know, that's just me. But he had some really cool stuff going on in that movie. You know, camera work was well done. S- the staging, everything is just solid. Acting, even. like He's just, he's just great. I, yeah. I'm excited to see what he does more in the future with directing. Yeah. Mm. It's, great. it's a great start for him. Yeah. Mm. Um, this is, uh, I saw, my number five is uh, Still, a Michael J. Fox movie. Oh, you, yeah. Okay. I can um, watch that. Yeah, that's boring. I was really excited to see it. it. Um, and it was really cool because, I mean, my, I don't, I actually didn't really know about um, how my, what Michael J. Fox was like not acting. Uh, and he's still the way he is. Like, he, you know, he's uh, super charismatic obviously uh you know in 
he keep he obviously he keeps a very upbeat ab- attitude mm-hmm. uh, about this whole situation with Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. That's good. And obviously the whole movie is clearly about like you know he, him dealing with the Parkinson's disease and how it developed throughout his life and where he is now. Um, you know, but he's like you know don't pity me. I'm not disabled. I'm just dealing with this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the really cool thing about the movie is that they they recreate um, a lot of um, what his life looked like back then. Mm-hmm. And they actually, the editor was really cool because he, he, whoever edited it, they took, when they were like, they took like reaction shots of him from like his old work um, and used it as like uh, reactions to what he's saying like in the interview. So it's like, you know, it'd be like, I did this. And then Michael J. Fox, you know, on, you know, Family Ties will be like, you know, he'll wow. be like, wow, you know. <laughs> so uh, the, you get really the behind the scenes stuff about, um, his huge rise to fame, how he was like really struggling as an actor in the beginning, like he was like legit no money at all, mm, mm. Um, and how his dad was like really, like he, it was it was really cool to see like a, a, a not like generic, um, you know, story like you know my parents didn't believe me, so I just set out on my own. Like no, his dad drove him to L.A. and you know had him do auditions and stuff and like wasn't overbearing with it but you know didn't ca- or not but he didn't not care about it you know mm-hmm. so it was really cool to see like that and um obviously the parkinson stuff comes up and how he dealt with that and um you know they, they did like a little quick bit at the end of like what he's doing now with like the like michael j fox foundation and stuff but it's mostly about just kind of a look back at, back at his career and like how you know he's he's not going to be i don't think he's going to be really known as the um, Parkinson's guy, he's going to mm-hmm. be known as Marty McFly or, yeah, uh, you That's know, his legacy. Uh, Alex P. Keaton mm-hmm. or who, who, what was his character in Teen Wolf? Like, uh, you know, I remember it was Teen Wolf. Teen so. Wolf. Yeah, Teen Wolf. So he's going to be known for his acting roles and I think that's, that's a great thing. My number four is Bo is Afraid. I, there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. It had to make the top five. It's, I, I don't know if it'll remain in the top five by the end of the year, but um, it's there for the moment for all the reasons I mentioned earlier. It's, yeah. All right. It's insane, but awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My number four um, is Air. We build a shoe line around just him. Uh, ah. Air. Air was really well done. I, I have nothing else to say, but it's one of the best scripts of the year for sure. Like, if this doesn't get any nominations for mm-hmm. writing, that's bullshit because it was mm-hmm. really tight. It was an hour and a half, and it had, fits so much into that hour and a half, and it just... Oh, wow. Brilliant. And it didn't drag either. No, it like, didn't. That was cool. Everything mm-hmm. felt like it was important and mm-hmm. it just it's a, that's a great um oh, I lost my train of thought. It was good. It's like it's just a uh the Oh my god. Please, Please stand by. The uh, hallmarks of a great script. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh it felt it felt really like um I like, like, want to take that again, Dan? Nope. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Nope. It's fine. This is fine. <laughs> uh, you, you, you don't see Michael Jordan's face, I think, at all in the movie. Mm. Because it's, it's not about him. It's about right. his mom. It's about, well, a little bit about his mom. And it's mostly about. Uh, I mean, he had one request, and that's Viola Davis is his mom. So. Oh, he or said that? Yeah, he had one request, and it's. Viola oh, that's Davis. cool. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And she, like, she wasn't. Yeah. And she was very uh, under, <laughs> understated in the performance. It was like, you know, it's like, I don't need to be Viola Davis. You know, she's like, just like still could possibly I'm Michael Jordan's mom. You're going to do this. You know, she's like, like affirmative. And I like that. Yeah. And knowing it's Viola Davis, she'll probably get a nom. Yeah, probably. Like, so like, you know, why not? <laughs> why not? Because now we're getting this kind of like weird uh, era of like um, corporate 
It's very uh, bizarre. Yeah, corporate okay, corporate biopics like we saw uh, Steve Jobs. Bombshell. We saw yeah, Bombshell, and we saw um, the Flaming Hot Cheetos movie. That yeah, one too, that and one. now uh, Tetris, and now the Blackberry movie, Blackberry and, movie which uh, which is uh, just under my top. It started five. with like oh, I, didn't, so I haven't good. seen it yet. I gotta it started see it. with like the Social Network. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Network, yeah. So you know, I liked it, but this is a very good, heartwarming movie, and I might buy it because you know mm. it's, a, it's a good, a great watch. Yeah. Anyway, my number four. This, by the way, Air is my number six. Okay, so it was I was it was between Still and Air. Gotcha. Mm. Uh, my number six is. Or I mean, number four is Scream Six. There you go. Because I fucking love Ghostface. I love the Scream franchise. You know, it's. I think um, it's uh, aside from Laurie Strode, Sydney Prescott, and now sort of Sam is. Uh, they're the better final girls that we know. You know. Mm-hmm. So and also I like that they're going in the direction of the Jenna Ortega and um, Melissa Ferreira. I might be wrong about that. Uh, there, it's two protagonists. And I thought that's yeah. cool. The so sisters. yeah, excited to see where it goes. But like I said, mix it up a little bit, you know. Yeah. But don't shit on Wes Craven because like, oh god, no. <laughs> no, 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 that'd be a huge mistake. Yeah. Number three. Number three. It's probably gonna change when I rewatch it. Not if when. It's an Asteroid City. Do a nude scene. You want to see it? Okay. Wes Anderson's ah. Wes Anderson's latest is really. Um, Difficult to discuss coherently still for me. I, I only saw it over the weekend. Um, He's like the the quirky David Lynch. Yeah. Like the yeah. autistic David Lynch. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. Um, it's, I think so many people don't understand Dave, uh, <laughs> David Lynch now. So many people don't understand Wes Anderson. And it's yeah. really sad that people are boiling him down to his aesthetic. Cause it's, it's, it's such, not just that. No, I know it's that. such a small part of what makes him phenomenal. And I think in the end, um, it's about, well, it, it, it's funny because, um, also I, I would say that asteroid city is not an intro Wes Anderson film. I think okay. you have to be a little bit more, uh, versed in his filmography to see this because okay. asteroid city is about the writing of a play and the rehearsing of a play and the casting of a play that is called asteroid city. And that is the, the, the desert scenes, the rehearsing it takes place in black and white four by three aspect ratio. <laughs> And then we go to Asteroid City. So it's a movie about the importance of storytelling. It's the importance about acting because it takes place during the 50s. So we're getting the introduction of method acting. This was when uh, James Dean was coming up, when Marilyn Monroe was coming up. And so it's very much about eras changing. And that's also very much about Grand Budapest and the French Dispatch. So it's really exciting. And it's also about, you know, intergenerational stuff. I wouldn't say it's about trauma. I would say it's about um, our the anxieties that modern day brings. Um, Jeffrey Wright has a phenomenal quote that I want to quickly bring up. Sure. Um, he says, I, I, uh, if you wanted to live in a nice, quiet, peaceful life, you picked the wrong time to get born. I love that quote. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what Asteroid City is partially about. The playwright in the movie once says, uh, Jason Schwartzman's ca- character, who is an actor who eventually plays the character in the Asteroid City. He goes up to Adrian Brody's character. He says, what is this play about? And he says, infinity. And that's what Asteroid City is about. And it's really exciting. My number three is John Wick Chapter 4. I'm going to need a gun. Um, yeah, mine too. Uh, it's, it's also your number three? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so let's just talk about this one together, I guess. Um, so this movie, just like all together, like 
the finale of the John Wick character. Um, the finale. The finale. <laughs> like, he, it's just like so pumped up. You're ready for him to just like kick ass again. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, it starts All off right. so fucking yeah. like, like his punching is like, like fucking uh, peaking. It's like, it's boom. Like, it's like shaking your theater. Right. It's like, oh, we're seeing a John Wick movie. Yeah. All, I should have seen this in fucking IMAX. Like, oh yeah. my god. Oh, yeah. like, I wish I just imagine if we saw that in IMAX. Oh my god. Mm. And then, um, yeah, uh, Bill Skarsgård, fantastic as the villain. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, the ending is a little shitty with the CGI. Um, I, I shit on that. Yeah, a lot. so we, we did this one, and you you and John brought that up. I I, I saw it again. I didn't see it. I don't. I don't yeah, get it. Maybe they fixed it. I don't know. I haven't seen it since. So. I bought the 4K. I mean, if it's like better or oh, something, maybe. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I should probably buy that. Well, He's stuff. dead, but you know, like, but John Wick Five is coming out. And then there's this. Well, I'm hoping that. As I sent you guys last night, the stunt work might finally get an Oscar category. Maybe, yeah, like, that would be stunt good. Stunt work for movies, like mm -hmm. that is great because like it's a big part of movies yeah, nowadays. They're kind like, of the unsung heroes. Yeah, they really are, and like and like stunts have been especially. a thing since movies have been a thing. Yes, I yeah, mean Buster yeah. Keaton's the OG stuntman. Exactly, <laughs> like if, if Buster Keaton wasn't also an actor, he would have been. You know, he would have. Like, it would have been like stunt stunt person would have been mm -hmm. legitimately like. It, included yeah i think you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah so like but yeah like how many stuntmen do you actually know like i only know chaz dehelski and david leach because they directed these yeah, movies so like yeah. that's the that's the sad part yeah. um but yeah like yeah give some recognition to these guys give you know some recognition mm -hmm. they deserve it yeah uh, anything else you want to add to john mcford uh it, i'm glad that they were able to understand well i guess maybe not hopefully they understand with, with the character of john wick that it's getting repetitive you know, mm, mm. the first one, you know, you, you have it's, it's just a generic. Like, I'm going to take down the entire Russian mob because they kill my dog. You know, Whoop. yeah, a an average Sunday at, afternoon at, for this guy. Would. Yeah, that's yeah. as you would do it for sure. Yeah. And the second one is like, oh, you dipped a toe. So we're going to pull you back in. And now he's trying to get out of that. And then he says, Produce fuck it. I'm so angry. It. Yeah. Boom. Screws Bam. himself. He's excommunicado. <gasps> we're getting a so, whole world around this. We're getting the continental TV show. We're yeah. getting the ballerina spinoff. Like do different things. Yeah. Which you know, don't just have he, don't just have the main character be a scary guy with a gun because that's John Wick. <laughs> you know, he already did that four right. times. You know, and I'm I loved all the movies. I'm just yeah. saying you're in danger dangerous territory of just doing making it homogenous. You know, yeah. uh, you know, but the, they had some great elements with uh, Donnie Yen, um, yeah. Mr. Nobody. Is, he's he's real good. Yeah, and his his niche is just playing a blind badass i guess yeah. so like <laughs> and the poker dealer so is the poker dealer he's more than a blind the, yeah, badass danny yeah <laughs> what was his name the, the big body gentleman i'm blanking yeah. on his name oh my With god yeah, i forget his name um killer something i killer, think yeah, yeah. I think his killer. name was his yeah, name something. was killer i'm pretty sure in the movie but i forget his real name so um, stupid but yeah but bill skarsgård is a stand-in plug-in character that the the uh the for the Per, the lady in the last one. Um, oh yeah, the the adjudicator. Uh, the adjudicator. Uh, he, and then like, uh, she's not. She wasn't the be all sale. Bill Skarsgård is like she was. She's still part of that, she, but she's not him. But he's not the table. He's not above the table. Like who is mm -hmm. the table? I want to see the, him question. go up against who all the fucking. The you know. Ah. If you're gonna, you know, I'm That's glad they did. Probably will be like who is the table? But John Wick is dead, and I want him to stay dead. You know, he, he found a way out. Like the the movie subtitle was literally gonna be hey, called hey, A Way Out. Hey Danny. Oh really? He's not dead. 
Number two for me, uh, it was a film that never got a wide release, sadly. It's a French film. It's called Saint Omer. Okay. Directed by Alice Diop. Uh, she's a Senegalese filmmaker. Um, it's based on a true story about a woman who was tried for uh, killing her child, and her defense was that she was under voodoo. Oh. It's really powerful, and it's taken from the perspective of a um, female uh, professor who has come to town to observe for her class this trial. It's a really powerful study of um, race in society and sexuality in society, gender. Um, it's really just incredible. Um, it's, it's something that I can't really put into words. It's something I just recommend seeing. It's, it, it, some people could find it cold, but I think it's incredible character work. And uh, Juliette Maslana as um, the woman on trial is just like phenomenal. You're really into the character studies this year, aren't you? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah you balance yeah. this out. Because we're doing fucking, like... <laughs> the main big like, players. All my all I my top it. four is, like, just franchises. You know? Like, like I was saying, like... Because you know? they work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's, yeah. there's the exceptions to the rules yes. of when it comes to the franchises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I'm, so I'm saying St. Omer, and hopefully some people out there That's can see it. That's why I threw air in there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my number two is Across the Spider-Verse. You can't run forever, kid. Very, very good movie. Uh, cannot wait to see what is next for that whenever it decides to come out because Chris just texted us right now. It's like, oh, it's not releasing in March. I'm like, okay, Chris. No, we I saw that, that coming. We said that earlier. Yeah. Uh, like, it's not even like a confirmed source because, you know, typical Chris, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know. Um, yeah, so like. They don't even know what he looked like. He's never been on the set. No. He's been on dual debates, like yep. FaceTime, but he's never been here. Yep. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a great movie. It's great heart. It's got heart. It's got everything you want in a movie, and it's animated and like just so beautiful. Like every single world has a different feel to it, and it's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. A really great piece of filmmaking from Lord and Miller. Just, mm-hmm. just goddamn mm-hmm. great butterfly effect. Because they, got- they, yeah. they didn't direct it, but like the directors. Yeah, they're the execs producers. Yeah, they're the producers. I can't remember who the directors of this movie yeah. are, but. Kudos to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great fucking job. All right, number, number two, Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy. All right. Yeah. There you go. What a way to end a fucking trilogy. Uh, I cared so much about a fucking talking raccoon who now he admits he's a raccoon. So that's good. Uh, you know, he finally came to terms with that. Um, yeah, no, it's... I didn't think uh, James Gunn could do it because apparently this script shat, sat on the shelf for since he got fired, then came back, and the whole thing. It's a very windy road to get the here. Yeah, well, yeah, he yeah, wrote. Yeah, sure, the Gamora thing and Infinity War threw him for a loop, but like, yeah, that's he what, still pulled it off. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a YouTuber who says uh, he likes to picture James Gunn watching Infinity War and going, just oh, shitting his pants. Sorry, 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 Motherfucker. God damn it. Fight Yeah. So, but, it, you know, like, I, I mean, yeah. So this is where I'm ending my re- like true and in, like investment in the MCU, and I think that's a, I that's think good. You know, that's a good spot. I'm, I would, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that decision because I agree. It's the end of the trilogy, the, the last trilogy I really cared about. Spider Man already ended. You know, we'll see what they do with well, the college trilogy. Yeah, yeah. If I'm still, I'm still gonna watch college. them. It might not even be college. It might be after college. Who knows when this is gonna pick up, man? Yeah, I don't know. Like, cause, I mean, Tom, Tom Holland wants to be, stop. We fucking thirty when this next movie comes out. So he'll like, still look like he's twelve though. <laughs> he's got the Elijah Wood effect. I yeah, Guardians Three I think is one of the better movies in the after like post Endgame. I think it's like I think it is the best. Right? Post Endgame. 
Yeah. It's no better. Way Home, I, I know we disagree it's with that It's better one. than No Way Home. I think it's a movie, it's solid. No I like No Way Home probably more, though. Mm-hmm. You know? I don't it was know. between the two. I don't know. I'm, t- I'm fully willing to admit, I love the, the fucking fan service. Like, yeah. I did, too. They made too. it work just, just enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you're number one. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Verse and Guardians are definitely on my top ten. They're, they're right underneath uh, number five. For me, number one is Showing Up by Kelly Reichardt. Um, it's okay. uh, A24 joint. Um, Kelly Reichardt's one of my favorite uh, American filmmakers working today. She has an incredible eye for just experiences and just worlds. The, um, this is uh, Michelle Williams. She's an art okay. professor in uh, Seattle. And um, she's just trying to make her exhibits. It's about process. You just get to sit with her, and you get to see her sculpt for a little bit. And then, um, and she's having troubles with her landlord, who's also her friend. And they try to go back and forth. Hey, my hot water still isn't working. And Hong Chow kind of ignores her. Um, Chow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hong Chow's I in like it. her. Um, it's just really understated, really beautiful. I went up to use the bathroom at one point. And when I came back, my friend said, you missed the only argument in this movie. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> so I got to rewatch it to catch the, uh, the argument. But um, her films are always just so beautiful to look at. Uh, always shot gorgeously. Um, I highly recommend that, and and her entire filmography. First Cow is incredible period piece. Old Joy is one of my favorite films of all time. Um, showing up, I I really recommend it just because of its understated, um, just plea for good art making. Even though it's not really storytelling, it's it's art making, mm. and um, I, I I love it. Yeah, I was gonna say like, um, probably not my movie because no, I'm no. I'm totally a storytelling guy. If, if there's no story, there's no conflict. I'm not really you know, but it's great. I'm, 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 I'm sure it's very well shot. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a really special movie. Y'all know it's coming. My number mm-hmm. one, Guardians of the Ga- Galaxy, volume three. Yeah. Hey, um, there you go. Yes. And I don't think it's going to change this year. I think it's staying really? at number one. But wow. as you said, uh, Wonka won't upset that. What? The Wonka movie won't upset that? <laughs> <or>? <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, director you were just talking about, yeah. you're saying how you love everything she does. I love yes. everything James Gunn does. Mm-hmm. I don't even care. Like Everything he has put out in the last 10 years, even when he wrote Scooby-Doo fucking 2. <laughs> like, I, I didn't even know I was with James Gunn for that long because like <laughs> he's so good. I, I, I have nothing bad to say about anything he makes. Yeah. And the end, this is truly his masterpiece. Mm. Guardians, Guardians 3. Yeah. Hands it's, down. It's so clear that he loves the characters. And it shows. Yeah. It shows in the writing. It shows in just the way this movie came together. Just mm-hmm. you feel for a raccoon. Yeah. The way the animation was made from mm-hmm. uh, that, that studio that did his effects. Like, oh my Insane. God. It's so well done. Yeah. And in the music too, the music choices, every single one of them. Yeah, the soundtrack's great. Banger. I'm still listening to the soundtrack, mm-hmm. and it's been like well, two months since the movie came out. But like, yeah. damn. Yeah, when me and when uh, Guardians Two came out, me and Seth would listen to Mr. Blue Sky like on repeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was our that was our Mr. Like, Mr. Blue Sky's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. I can't express into words this trilogy. It's. Yeah, it's, perfect, I think it's the most solid trilogy out of uh, all of them. All of it's all rivaled ones. only by Captain America, I think. Mm, mm. I don't know. The no, yeah. the the Homecoming trilogy is pretty good too. That, yeah, but yeah, they, you know when they hit, they hit. And, mm. Yeah, and the Avenger quadrilogy. Um, right. My number one, Fast X. You know, family. We gotta we gotta care about you know bring the family back. We gotta honor Paul Walker, and we gotta do you know like all all this shit. Right. Jason Momoa. I hope to God you're not serious. No, I'm serious. 
Not Spider-Verse. Hey! <laughs> I hope to God! <laughs> um, yeah, Spider-Verse. Uh, it's my only five-star movie of the year. Um, what? I fucking loved it. I What? What? Your only five-star Guardians movie? Guardians 3 is uh, 4.5. I have some things wrong with it. Wow. Which I, I brought up on the podcast. Go check so it out. You did. Okay. okay. <laughs> At least it's okay. Um, but no, I think I think this that mo- uh, across the spider versus as close you, as you get to a a perfect like comic book movie. Yeah, mm. no, I agree. It's a five star for me. As yeah, well. it's so fucking good. <laughs> like I'm still thinking about it. Um, I mean, you know, there's there isn't really a missed character. There's Easter eggs for fans, but it doesn't overpower anything. It's very squarely focused on. Um, Miles, and to a lesser extent, uh, Gwen. Yeah. It tells a almost complete story. I'll admit, people, you know, it. I do want the part two. If the last twenty minutes just dragged. Yeah, it, it did feel like it was going to end a, a couple, few, two or three times. That's the only know? bad part I have about this movie. Mm. Yeah, but it's like still the scenes, the quality of the scenes themselves yeah, were so good. I do, yeah, it, but it, yeah. Um, part two will will kind of I think will affect how I feel about this movie though. So. Tentatively, Madam Web's gonna involve, get involved with that too. So uh, I hope not. <laughs> oh no, my god! <laughs> no, but no. I think that's gonna have a lot to do with what's gonna be happening because that movie comes out, I believe, January this next year, January February. I think it's gonna mm. have stuff to do. That's quick. with that. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't shit. trust Sony. I trust Lord and Miller. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. like you know, they're trying to interconnect all the shit with the MCU and the Sonyverse Boy. and all the Venomverse and all that stuff. So I'm. Oh, no. That's what. That's the only like thing movie. I'm. Oh no! Don't ruin a good thing. You, you know. <laughs> I'm so nervous now. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I, just, I watched a couple of videos where they're just like, Marvel is so. This I'm talking about Marvel, the MCU. Marvel's so big that like. They're going so fast with making these productions that then they're not communicating. Where like um, Sam Raimi didn't even see Wandavision; he just got the beats mm. that were important, yeah. supposedly to his script. Not even through the episodes, through the scripts. Mm-hmm. So what changed in between? You know. <laughs> so like, well, listen, there, there's no communication, and it's just too big. Spider Verse. Spider Verse. Uh, I am. I love the shit out of this movie. I thought it was so great. Um, but like we said, beyond the Spider Verse. Hundred animators quit overnight. Uh, the main actors haven't recorded their lines yet. It's supposed to come out in like less than what seven months? The eight writer months? strike is still the writer strike on. is still happening. So, oh boy, I'm I'm gonna say it's probably gonna get pushed to like December next year. I think it's gonna get pushed at least that long. Mm. Yeah, that would make sense. It'd be a good Christmas movie, I'd say. Well, the first one came out in Christmas, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and even between these two, Into the Spider Verse 2018, Across the Spider Verse 2023. Although I so, feel like they're gonna try to rush this one, try mm. to get it out as soon as possible. Yeah, don't do that. Don't you know, like quality, like, man. They're, what they're gonna do is probably put it in like the, the summer marketing season. But what they should do is put it towards Christmas. Yeah, I think yeah. that would market it a lot better. Mm-hmm. So, but who knows what it's gonna do? Yeah, we'll not yet. That's our top five movies of yeah. the year so far. And speaking of looking ahead, if you could choose one movie to see tomorrow, that's gonna come out. Later on this year, what movie do you want to see the most? Do you want to see Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer. the most for 2023? Oppenheimer. All mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I would say Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know. We I don't do know. Because it's like. Oh, no. I mean, the ones that I know about, Oppenheimer. Yeah. I'm sure there's one or two that I really want to see that I don't even know it exists yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Killers of the Flower Moon's up there, I think. Um, but I feel like I know what's going to happen in it. 
you know? Mm-hmm. The Meg 2. Your most oh, of course. Meg you know, the, the, the most prestigious It's going to be. Of, there are movies, some I'm looking think, forward to. It's going to sweep. <laughs> There's for sure some I'm looking forward to that oh, I don't yeah. know anything about, like the creator. I'm interested to see that Gareth mm. Edwards project and see what it's about. So like oh the Mandalorian with uh Denzel Washington's kid <laughs> yes it, it, it looks, or do you mean the Last of Us with Denzel Washington's kid <laughs> <laughs> um, that one looks interesting mm-hmm. um, then there's uh, Mission Impossible baby I'm super I don't know I don't know how you can argue with the, those movies being bad they're great they're I, never, I never said they were bad I just never said I'm a fan of them I, I can see that yeah because it, like it's Tom it Cruise protocol. I do like that oh. one. Tom Cruise fuck it anyway um, <laughs> Yeah, He's but, got one front tooth, or like you know, yeah, it's right. symmetrical. I, I I am excited to see Dead Reckoning, but part one, it's so big. And it needs to be two. Not even the end. It's yeah. not. No, no, there's going to be another one after. Oh fuck! <laughs> Shit, I thought this was like the end of it. Oh, they're doing the Fast X method. <laughs> oh my god, this move, this franchise is over th- or almost thirty years old. Uh-huh. That's insane. Sweet Jesus, Tom Cruise can he's gonna keep running. He will he's keep running. Mm-hmm. He's gonna run yeah. up that hill. And speaking of running. I think we all got to run soon. But yeah, so nice we're seeing. Segue, dude. Nice. Hey, nice. I've had a lot of nice segues yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I had two of them planned. That one was not planned. <laughs> anyway, so we're seeing before. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok with the handle at Cena Beforecast. That's S C E N E, it beforecast. And on Twitter with the handle S I B underscore pod. I'm Dan. I'm Danny. And I heard somebody really quickly said, did like the Charlie from Hereditary. Like, <laughs> I got so nervous for a second. Am I going to get beheaded? <laughs> Anyway, uh, I'm Danny. You can find me on uh, Instagram at Danny underscore Wass, my letterbox and serialized at DJ Wass, or my YouTube channel, which is just my name, Danny Wass. So, yeah, yeah. Who would have guessed that, right? Mm-hmm. Very creative. Cam. And you can find me, uh, Cam Kircher, Twitter and Letterbox for any more ramblings and uh, heartfelt talking about Wes Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> well, as usual, we're glad to have you on. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, no, it's always a good time. Because you... You level us out because we're the big in the franchise guys. Yeah. He's less in the franchise stuff than I am because I'm the basic bitch here. But like, <laughs> yeah, you, you got all these intricate takes and we really yeah, I got to get like that. your list of like with the, yeah. the French movie and the, yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. the other one with the, wait, there was two. There was one. Master Gardener. Yeah, that Master one. Gardner. Yeah, yeah, I want to see that one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah I hope somebody. St. Omer, I think is the other one, right? Checks it out, yeah. Yeah. All right. But yeah, in uh, next week, the... Fifth and final Indiana Jones movie. Oh boy. I'm excited. We need to figure out when we're going to do that because we're going away on the weekend. <laughs> we doing Friday. Friday? Uh, working. I can go out though. <laughs> I guess we'll see you on Friday. <laughs> we'll see <All> right. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll uh, whip it. I was trying to think of something clever, but we'll whip it. You'll dial it in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll dial it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. We'll dial it in. It's been nine as usual. We'll see you next time.